Yeah. It's that money boy. Yeah. Welcome to the ESPC podcast, where every podcast is a business meeting with a specific purpose and a specific outcome. I'm Josh. I have an MBA, securities license, clients for a decade, more than $15 million and above. And what that means to you is, for example, week five, we went 14 into 87%. Uh, to put that in perspective, 59%, you can consistently live in Vegas, some pros average seventy percent, so eighty-five point five really is really good for me. It was eleven thousand three hundred and thirty dollars in profit. So we give you the inside how to make that money, betting on NFL games, betting college games. Then we get into the NFL, college football, uh, college basketball. We share the information because we have to, right? It's capitalism. And freedom is not free. And if we don't share information as middle class, upper middle class people, uh, probably this country will be in trouble. Uh, I figured out. But we have a lot of fun at the same time. But part of the process to get that good is that you need to be grounded in reality. All right. Uh, we call this a hot effect podcast because, as Renee Descartes said, a life left unexamined is not worth living we use business and financial concepts that i use in my other jobs to predict successfully the outcome of football games and monetize our time make it the highest and best use of our time we use decision science return to the mean probability theory but in this podcast it's about self-review right we use a little bit of psychotherapy my wife's been a psychotherapist for 18 years. I've learned a lot. <laughs> you have to feel, you have to feel the shame, the embarrassment, the humiliation of making the wrong decision to better identify and analyze any situation to get close to the truth. Elon Musk says that to predict outcome, right? The richest man in the world, Elon Musk, to predict outcomes, you have to get to the truth. But again, as middle class, upper middle class people, we do not have the resource Elon Musk has to get to the truth. But what we can do is get to the truth, get as close to the truth as possible. And it starts with you. It starts with us. You can't live in a fantasy world. You can't believe in the Easter Bunny. You can't believe in Santa Claus. Perception is 50-50. And then, you know, we're lied to uh, constantly. So you cannot... Be a legend in your own mind. You can't overestimate your ability to do anything. You can't make excuses for negative outcomes. You have to be accountable. You have to expect, accept responsibility. And you have to uh, improve whatever endeavor you're in by 10 to 20% by using the Hawthorne effect, right? And that's what this podcast is about. Uh, usually better to 20%. Uh, us, off the bat, we're in the 50s. But through this effect, the Hawthorne effect, we you know we increased 10 to 20%. In the case of last week, or not last week, but week five, we were uh, 
fourteen and two, eighty-seven point five percent, and made eleven thousand three hundred and thirty dollars. So again, we use business and financial concepts. We use decision science, right? Return to the mean. I said probability theory, highest level, but probability theory is eighty percent. That's why that eight point seven point five percent number is so important to us. Another business concept is you're getting a free MBA. Uh, that a guy that owns the options firms, he said that the podcast has better information than if you paid uh, $200,000 to get an MBA from Ward. Because it's practical stuff. That the last 30 years, I've been blessed enough to own three businesses and been married for 18 years to a successful psychotherapist. All right? So those are the whys of the podcast, the purpose of the, and the outcome, which every meeting should have. Another element that every meeting should have is that if you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. And you have to have a diverse room. And it doesn't mean gender, disability, race. Uh, sometimes it has to do with region or has to do really with having an open mind and listening. That's why God gave you or the universe or whatever you believe in, evolution gave you two years and one mouth, or the people that evolved were the ones that used their two years. The uh, toughest, smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Uh, ask a lot of people, ask Kevin McCarthy about that. He suffered from being in the wrong room. He had to uh, endure 15 humiliations and then beg Matt Gates on the floor. He had to beg him. Like, hey, please, Matt Gates, can I become speaker, please, man? I've been working for this all my life. <laughs> On national TV, man. It was embarrassing. I wouldn't want to be speaker. I'm like, F you. You know, I would get me a speaker. I'll get you on the back end. I'm the one raising all the money up into this thing. Watch how much money I raise next election cycle. That's me, right? But my dignity is worth a lot. I even go to jail, be broke. That's the thing about being broke. Once you've been broke, if you go back to being broke, you know you can come back. This is $137 trillion mark. You got nothing to lose. I was in a meeting with everybody was worth $50 million and above. I was in the meeting. Everybody's serious. I said, me and the secretary were laughing. It's like, why are you and I happy and laughing, man? And all these ultra-rich people, they're all upset with their face being serious. Why? Why? And I told her, you know why? Because we got nothing to lose. <laughs> These people got millions and billions of dollars to lose. We got nothing to lose, so we can laugh. We can laugh all day. Because, you know, I've been broke, but never been broken. <laughs> yeah. Jim McCarthy broke there, even though he's not broke. So what are your first thoughts as we get into what ended up being uh, a successful 60% week we went 24 for 14 so 24 wins 14 losses we did a lot of second half lines because we've been winning all these games all year so we yeah. published second half lines we did consensus on the dm we got them out there to the people mm -hmm. and we got a lot of uh people thanking us which we like we like to th thank you for thanking us but we'd like to thank you we want to make it more interactive get more and more information right as everybody gets into their own little bubble right you got the 20 republicans in their little bubble the 200 republicans in another bubble you got the crazy bernie sanders people elizabeth warren in a bubble and then you have the normal republicans now it's normal republicans 
normal Democrats, crazy Democrats, <laughs> crazy Republicans. <laughs> so we have, we have four funch factions, right? So the more information we get, the more money we make as we transition from regular season football betting, right, to playoff football betting, Pac-12 basketball, we're eight and three, getting close to 70% Pac-12 basketball. We'll publish those. Chad's really deep into that, helping me out with that. And then we go from there, we go to the NCAA tournament after the NFL playoffs in the Super Bowl. Yeah. We've had some really epic Super Bowl podcasts that we break up into two parts. So what are your first words? Uh, season's over. I can't believe it. It went ah. by so quick. Went by so quick. Uh, Just like that. Yeah, we uh, we finished it off in style with a good week. You know, those second half lines bailed us out a lot. And, uh, you know, again, we didn't mention this, I don't know, but the Eagles did what the Eagles like to do, get up early and then just pound the ball into the Giants or the defenses. Well, because of you guys, it's automatic. And we want and on, on, that Sunday, on Sunday, it was automatic. I'm like, I, yep. I just did it. And I'm like, I automatically – just bet against the Eagles, whoever it was in that second half line and cashed all year. Yeah. Also, Florida. Florida went 2-0 again yeah. this weekend on the second half line. There is very, as a better, there are very big-time tendencies that happen for us all year. And Josh has been on the Florida for for a couple of years that I've been on the pod. And, uh, you know, we were on very early the Philadelphia second half line that they weren't going to cover it sure enough more times than not i think once or twice they did they they covered it but other than that they didn't cover it so we uh we monetized that greatly so i think it was i think it was a strong year for us overall and i, and I look forward to the playoffs again hitting 80 well, i'm getting i'll get uh jason to give us independent final numbers yep. but again 59 you can live in vegas uh you consider chart we're above that yeah. For the year. We were right at it last year. We were 59.7, which I call 60%. But then you add in what we did in the playoffs, kind of combine that, that's north of 60%. You want to get to 70%, which is what the elite guys, you could get a condo in Vegas and live good on 59% year-round. You can buy a big house next to John Gruden <laughs> when, when you're at 70%. Those want to get there in, let's say, 14 years of betting that I've gotten good. I've had two NFL seasons at 70%. So that's two for 14, right? So I know it's possible, but I'm yeah. learning from my, my mistakes. Instead of just betting every game by myself, I'm collaborating as much as possible. And so I there's, one, there's one more man that deserves credit behind the scenes. That's Agent Rob with the Lions. Yes. He's been on the Lions for the – I've been on here for two years. He's been on the Lions for two years, and I, I'll bet you we're over 70% with the Lions. Just the Lions alone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at that. I'm going to look yeah. at that. But I do know this, including this past week. Because we give out, even I bet personally, I do that, uh, the side and the total. Mm -hmm. 
every single week is crazy. Every single week, 17 weeks that the Lions played, we either got the side or the total correct. Yes. Yeah. Lions games. So yep. we did not lose. We were Warren Buffett, right? Warren Buffett said, do not lose money because he's conservative, right? Conservative. Yep. Do not lose money. And, it, and when it comes to sports betting, NFL betting, we're very conservative. It's a defensive strategy, but it's for mental health. So you're laughing, enjoying the games. At the same time, you're monetizing the games on a high level. How about that? And, and I'll give you one more thing. These, Josh knows what these are. These are called betting slips. When you go to <laughs> Vegas. Love okay. it. So preseason, preseason, I placed 15 season bets. Right. I want 11. It's a pretty good ratio. Right. Because so 15 is what? Let's see. Let's look at that. Because, as, as you're looking it up, because I put what I bet, what I say on this podcast, I bet. Yeah. And I'll be able to send these back to Vegas and cash 73%. That's elite. Yeah. yeah. So, so to me, if you don't think what I, what, what I say myself, Chad and Josh can can speak for themselves, obviously. Um, but what I say on the podcast, I, I back up with bets. Right. And and that's and this is the fruit of fruit of the research labor, so to speak, of what happened this year. So um, and I'll put it all in the episode notes. Uh, I've been slacking on that a little bit, but I'll add it in. Uh, again, you touched one of the foundational points of the podcast. And that's because what we're doing is we're filling in the gaps for what we feel is missing from major sports media or any podcast to get out there, which is transparency. Yeah. Every pick we publish on Twitter, uh, we put it in the episode notes, we publish on the, on the website. And again, every single podcast platform you can imagine we're the number one uh, sports betting podcast on Podbean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Player FM. I didn't even know we were on Player FM. Player FM says we're the top ten. That's like no, we're the best quality-wise content. They said no. Well, you're the top ten most listened to. And I'm like, I'll take that because we have no backing. We don't pay for advertising or anything like that. We we got no backing from CVS uh, or anybody else. Uh, other people are backed by, you know, and we rank, you know. It, you might see my name on there, but it's really everybody. Uh, some of the videos I'll post, right? One got, you know, 5,000 views. They're on par with, let's say, a Clay Travis who's getting money for Fox Sports or whatever. You see Clay Travis, you know, with uh, 400 views, and then we come up there with 500. Well, he has... Fox Sports backing him up. He, Absolutely. He's a core for Rush Limbaugh. Yep. You know, he has his own thing, Outlaw Sports, whatever he calls it. We have nothing. We're just some guys who have to go to work. Uh, you know, it's a good thing I got an email from a client before the podcast, or else, you know, the, the, the time would have ran into each other. We got other things going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's you have to put you have to put the time in to make the money. Right. And that's what we all do. Chad does it. Josh does it. I do it. You, you just have to do it. 
and it you know time's a precious commodity for everybody i get that i understand that but if you want to flourish and succeed you got to do the research you just have to do it it's just not it's not even a question so and for us it's a whole process that pretty much we've been developing for 30 years so you take 30 years from me 30 years from scott and yep chat chat learn about sports betting making money on the podcast so same thing with jace uh that's over let's say 35 years Mm -hmm. for the process so both scott and chad asked to be on the hawthorne effect act because this is the only sports betting podcast that i know of that analyzes in detail the losses that admits to the mistakes right because Really, I did the podcast for myself, and I wanted to be esoteric, and I wanted to be like uh, a tight knit group that listens to the podcast because it's very personal, and it's not meant for mass consumption, right? Because what I'm doing is I'm confessing to the priest, I because Father knows best. So, as an adult, especially somebody like me with you know advanced degrees in finance clients that worth $50 million and above for decades. Uh, literally, I can go to jail for being wrong because everything that comes out of my mouth from a license standpoint, because I'm middle class, upper middle class, has to benefit the public. So something does not benefit the public that I say publicly. Technically, they could strip all my license, take my life away, put me in jail, uh, and, that, and I'm done. So I, I cannot be wrong. So if I am wrong, it's humiliating, right? It's uh, embarrassing. It's depressing, right? And when you get depressed, what does that do? Depression leads to self-destruction, yeah. which is what? Drinking too much, mm-hmm. uh, doing drugs, right? Doing something intentionally wrong that you know is going to take you out. So... You have to avoid all that, and then your mind has to be clear to make good decisions. That's why we think in probabilities. Uh, we use those books back there, the 80-20 rule, predictively irrationally. You know, uh, We use decision science. We use probability theory, and we use statistics, right? Mainly in statistics is return to the mean as a supposed big-time sports better the guy who won the record on Jeopardy, right? All he does is return to the mean. Yep. Myself and Scott, Scott doesn't think that he doesn't have the background in math. He doesn't know exactly what the definition is, but he's doing <laughs> right? Yeah. I know what the definition is, and, and I got to execute because knowing and not doing means you don't know. Right. So you do not want to get like Kevin McCarthy. You do not want to get like these people we see in the news all the time, a George Navarro, a Linda Rice that we'll get into later on uh, as we get into the offseason podcast, where you get delusional, that you start believing conspiracy theories, QAnon. And a lot of people have been lucky in life. They get to survive uh, living in a fantasy world. We use this as a basis to explain the movie 500 Days of Summer. 
with uh, Gordon Levitt, right? He was delusional about his relationship with the woman. He thought that the girl liked them more than what she really did. Uh, most sports betters, I'd say about 80% of sports betters, think they're better at picking games than they really are. <laughs> so you have to track it like we do, and then you have to uh, humiliate yourself. That's the word, I, really, that's best. You have to humiliate yourself. You have to beat yourself, not beat yourself up too much, but beat yourself up enough and be real when you were wrong, when you made a pick where you did not do the number two rule of betting. Always do your research. Number one rule, do not bet on your own team because you're going to over... A lot of people overvalue their talent. They disvalue the luck factor involved. Don Jr. says, I am a genius because my Donald Trump's my dad. All right, great. I, saw, I think I saw that tweet today, too. <laughs> So okay, okay. okay. I'm not gonna argue. You're rich, you know. I'm a middle class guy here in Southern California. All right. Like gonna argue. Don't, don't forget. I can't get away with. It. I can't get away with that thinking, right? I would be divorced and in, in homeless. So, as we get into this, the, these games, and we look at bad luck or bad pick, and I go through them with Scott, not just myself and Chad. Last, last point I'll make before we get into these games. <laughs> Josh talked about the NBA Christmas slate. We went eight and two. Okay. Talked about last year in the NBA playoffs. I went 20% against the Celtics, 20% with the Celtics bets. <laughs> in all transparency, I didn't bet the Celtics games on Christmas. Josh did. Josh hit it. Hit it. So when he says, don't bet your own team, you have a bias with your own team. Right. And, and that's why you always look for the, you look at the stat, you look at the research, you do all the research, and you say, nah. There's no way they're going to lose. That's the bias you have toward your own team. So when you go to the casino up here in Boston, as we yeah, talked yeah. about, it's going to, the sports book is going to open January 31st. So next year, anybody that's in Boston that's listening to this now, do not bet Patriots games. Don't do it. Do You're going to lose. Guaranteed. Red games. Guaranteed. Okay. I'm, a, I'm up here in New England, but the Patriots – were my team of childhood. They're not anymore because of, of the fantasy stuff that I've done now. But I still like the Patriots. I still want to win, but I look at them very realistically now. I don't. I don't look at them with with jaded glasses on. So, right, because you can't make decisions based on emotion. Exactly. Exactly. I'll give you a pick guys here. Guys are sexist. They're like, oh, uh, the boss would be a guy because women. It's too emotional time of the month and they make decisions based on you know what guys make decisions based on emotion. yes they do yes they do right it, it got eliminated it with me yeah i said okay i'm gonna oh i'm gonna be i'm gonna disassociate myself from my teams from usl what got me personally was getting pissed at mm-hmm. uh, they're gonna get blown out they're the coaches the pos blah 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 they're gonna get blown out after you know that also oh they're on a six game losing week there's no way my team can lose seven or less it's exactly exactly and you never bet 25 percent uh exactly or your bankroll never bet more than 25 percent of your bankroll on one game i'm like i'm gonna bet 25 percent on a bankroll because my team 
USF basketball cannot lose uh, 11 games in a row. This is the time to get a turn around. Well, guess what? They'll lose 15 and your bankroll is zero. <laughs> yeah. is, is, it, is this why Chad didn't pick Oregon State games? At Oregon State games, serious because his brother was on the Oregon State team, probably. Oh, totally, totally. We didn't. Yeah. We, I didn't bet. Yeah, I didn't either. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I'm cheering. And and, uh, you know, my first degree was in English, believe it or not, before I went into finance. And uh, in English literature, there's this point that's very good. Good mental health because. Here too, we're we we're not psychotherapists. My wife is for 18 years, psychotherapist. But we can give somebody a band-aid, we can give somebody a first aid kit. So it's mental health first aid kit. Okay. Uh, from a mental health standpoint, part of the year, part of your life, you have to um you have to live in a fantasy world. You have to dissociate yourself from reality and be a fan, yes. cheer for a team, and let yes. it go. So that, that, was, uh, um, that was what we did with Oregon State. Yep. Yep. So we're I do with the fantasy world. We're going to root for them. We're going to be rational about them. We're going to scream at the refs, blame the refs that we don't do normal. <laughs> You know, we're going to blame the rest if we don't do normally. And then that'd be too hard on Chad and Chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll get into these games and we'll look for patterns. Uh, Saturday, we went four and two. What we got wrong was Vegas plus the 11 and the over 40. Bad pick or bad luck? I say both of them were bad luck versus bad pick. No, but Vegas was the 53. We got that right. Yeah, we got that right. We got the yeah. Tennessee Jacksonville was, was the over. And we, and we got the second half line. We got both second yep. half lines. Florida yep. hot and humid. Global warming means one degree higher. Even mm-hmm. before it was one degree higher, it was still hot. I lived in Florida. Never got used to it. I lived 20 years in Florida. Never got used to the heat and humidity. There's no way a team is getting used to the heat and humidity with pads on, with a helmet on, clean that humidity. And for the last 10 years, I've been making money on the second half line. Scott's been a witness of it for two years. <laughs> so it's eight, almost 80% dollars for pro. So to be in, in all transparency, I did not realize the second half Miami line, the Florida line, until I get on this podcast. And then, and then I realized, hey, there's really something to this Florida second half line because of the humidity and the heat stuff. So, but Tennessee plus seven was a gimme pick for us. It was just a layup. I mean, this game was going to be close. It was going to be lower scoring. It was going to get over 40. It was just barely going to get over 40. And, you know, I thought it would sneak over 40 and Tennessee had a chance to make it sneak over 40, but he threw that interception at the end of the game. So um, I like the way it was going. I really did at halftime. I really liked the way it was going. It, and then all of a sudden, both teams shut down on offense. So, Dobbs on the first player, right? Because I'm listening to Dave Campbell. Yep. Uh, and I'll put this on here because let me see. Let me know if you can see this. Yeah, I can see. All right. Yep. 
because Georgia's won the national title twice now. Bill Belichick's won seven Super Bowls. Nick Satan's won seven. So you go seven and seven, 14. Kirby Smart is 14. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so they run the 425. So everybody's going to run the 425. Right. We're down linemen, right? Uh, you're going to have two linebackers. So this is going to be your mic. This is going to be your, your, your strong side. It's going to be over here, which, you know, you can say, I'll put here, I'll put a corner here. Corner either press coverage or back, right? Yeah. Depending on the speed of the corner. Uh, this leaves right here, right? This huge gap yep. for a quarterback to, to run in. Depending if your safeties are going to play deep, which you have to, which if people run air raid. Right. First play, right? Uh, on that last drive, Tennessee blocks this guy. These corners go out with the right receivers. Your boy Dobbs goes around here for big gains. He could have done it a couple more times during that drive. Yeah, he could have. Yep. Instead of, right? Because it's a game of chicken. Uh, Jacksonville stayed in the same defense. Right. And you got great linebackers, Miles Jackson, whatever. They stayed in the same defense saying, okay, Dobbs beat us throwing. And Dobbs gets a first 10-yard run. Boy, you got 10-yard run. Means you can go for five. You only need, you know, you can go for five to 10 on those fourth down and six. Yep. Go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's a run. He's a mobile quarterback too, so he he didn't run as much as I thought he was going to run that Saturday night. And, and especially that um, that final drive. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, he he made some very bad decisions in that last drive. Some a couple of them he got away with. The last one he did not get away with. So right, um, they were driving a little bit, and had they scored a touchdown there, we go we win both sides of that bet. So. Right, but we ended up monetizing that day. Yeah, absolutely. In Good the day next for us. Day, I think it was – I got my days all mixed up. But I know that on January the 1st, we go 7-1 and one on bowl games. Yeah, yeah, which was great. I mean, it's, it's, it's great for Saturday podcast. On bowl games is great. We ended up 60%, which is not our usual 70%, but – we're thankful that we got most of the bowl games right. Thanks to Scott. We got most of the bowl games right. And Scott was right on the over last night. We should have listened to Scott on the, on the over last night on that game. Georgia Didn't Georgia hit it by itself? Georgia hit it by itself. Misjudged the 3-3-5. I thought they were going to play a better 3-3-5 defense. All right. So from there... Miami game, we get three sides of that bet. We crush that one. Then yep. the Steelers running line under 40. I look at that as bad luck. Come on. You, it bad is, luck. Yeah. You, you got to bet it under. That game was under the whole way. It was just nonsense. What do you it, think? It's the, it's the fact the under didn't hit because they sent Clowney home. Okay. Before the game, they tell him, you're not coming to the game. You're done for the year. He's criticizing the coaching staff. That's number one. Number two, the Browns defense just. Did they just quit? 
they just said, you know what? Let's get the game over with. We don't care if we're playing the Steelers. We, we just want to go home. And they just allowed Pittsburgh to go up and down the field, which they haven't done all year long. And so that, that definitely was bad luck. Should, should have seen the quit factor with, after Clowney gets sent home. So. And they fired a defensive coordinator. Yep, they fired a defensive coordinator yesterday. So, Which is not his fault because all they do is analytics. And both analytics teams went 7 and 10 this year. So they were 14 for 20. Uh, and, we, you. and again, that's another angle. We were about 66%. I was at least 66% against the spread betting against analytics teams because analytics teams do not work in football. And instead of having a bunch of different articles, I'm going to add that to the top 10 rules of betting. I'll put in there why, right? The why from an academic level, at least, uh, and practical uh, level, practical as in I use the money from betting against analytics teams to buy presents during Christmas for my wife. So that's functionality, right? Because again, this being the last one, we'll get into some stuff, some new people listening. Uh, psychological factors plus functional factors divided by time and money. Chad knows that by heart. <laughs> that equals value, not what they say. Oh, that's a value pick. Well, really? That's the equation there from an academic standpoint. There is a reason why the Cleveland Browns have won one playoff game in 20 years. There's a reason why, if you think about it. The mistake by the lake. The analytics mistake by the lake. Colts money line against the Texans. Disaster. 31 to 30. In retrospect, I should have executed on something that I got Scott to do, which it leads to making a lot of money. And you learn more things than you ever want to. But for Scott and I, it's different because Scott and I are north of 50. So in our minds, we've processed so many people. You live in Boston, me. I've lived in Boston for two years. I've been in New York City for two years. Yep. We're up for 20 and then back here in Southern California for 14. So you mm-hmm. meet a lot of people, you read experiences. I, you know, I, I have a diary, I write things down, I observe people, I write down my observations. You learn a lot from body language. You know that people are gonna lie to you, but what are they lying to you about? How are they lying to you about? Why are they lying to you, right? You, you call it reverse engineering. So you look at coaches' press conferences, and when Lovey Smith said the second pick in the draft is just as good as the first pick in the draft. Bye. Thanks for coming. <laughs> right? He, he, he's like, oh, let me get in that Flores lawsuit. Yeah. He was going to win that game. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's like, one NFL game, believe me, I've been coaching for 20 years. I got the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman of all people. I know how to win a game. Yeah. Game, yes. In a one game situation, give me Lovey Smith. And he, he was going to make sure he won that game. And I'll have a link to that video. I think I sent you guys that video. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. The owner pissed that they won. He's like, what the hell is he doing? We won this game. He looks so pissed. At the end so, of the 
And then Lovey Smith gave him the finger, so I guess he knew he was already flat. <laughs> and believe me, that owner was no part of Lovey Smith. They're probably about the same age, but Lovey Smith beat his ass. <laughs> I guess, I guess from what I heard yesterday, the owner went to Lovey Smith and said, You lose the game, you're back next year. You ahead, lose the game, you're back next year. Lovey Smith said, screw that. We're going out to win the game. I'm not losing a game to get no, to no. have a job. I no, don't do no. that. It's not my DNA. It's not, I'm not conveying that to my players. Right, right. When you go to the pre, pre-game meeting the night before the game, you pull, pull that. You say, oh, we're going to lose this game. It doesn't work like that. And Lovey Smith's a prideful coach. has been in numerous places as defensive coordinator and the head coach, he is not going to lose a game because the owner says to him, lose the game, you have your job next year. Right. So you kind of knew when Josh, as he just said, that the second pick is more important than the first pick. They were going out to win the game. And they certainly did. They, They performed very well. And the other thing is Davis Mills wants the quarterback next year somewhere, whether it's Houston or somewhere. So he went out and put a good product on the field because Levy Smith said, screw you to the owner. I'm not doing it. And he didn't do it. And he didn't do it. And I, as soon as you saying that, as soon as I should have said Houston, I should have said Houston. That was, that was a bad pick on my part. Um, you you know, know, I, should have switched it. I should have switched it to Houston. Money. Yeah. yeah, I should have too. Uh, we I did get the second half line, and we did get the over 38. The over 38 was a gift. Because, yes. Uh, even have anything to play for. What do they got to play for? Let's just go out and throw the ball around. We'll, we'll, we'll score points. It's more fun. Bob's on the line. And uh, the other thing, too, was that Davis Mills threw two interceptions. But since they were not – because Lovey Smith is a defensive coach, right? So Lovey yes. Smith likes to say – Put it on the defense, da, da, da. even though they have a bad defense. Let's yep. put it on the defense. Let's just put it on the defense, blah, blah. So when a quarterback, you know, uh, throws an interception when you're playing that style, it's bad. But not in this game because this was a wide-open game between two teams. Sam Ellinger looked a lot better than he's ever looked. He certainly did. He certainly did. Uh, and he, he was a runner at Texas. He should have ran more this year. You know, he was a setup, right? Uh, the crackhead owner, Ursay, uh, forced him upon Frank Wright to get him fired because he did not. He, they did a change in payroll taxes. And when they did that change, when I was reading, that's my problem, but I'll, help, I'll mitigate it. Every time I'm reading for work or for finance, I somehow find it linked back to the NFL. So I'm reading about payroll taxes. I'm like, you know what? Some of these head coaches and some of these general managers are going to get fired in December, before December 31st, for payroll taxes. Yeah. And we see the orchestration of uh, two weird firings, both times while the team had a winning record. Frank Reich was on the way to the playoffs with a winning record when he gets forced to start Ellinger and they start losing and then he gets fired in the put Jeff Saturday working for free. And then yep. the other one, of course, which we monetized. That's why listening to this podcast is so valuable. 
because when Scott and I on the Hawthorne effect said, hey, the Titans DM just got fired with a winning record on the way to the playoffs for payroll taxes. Yep. They're, gonna, they're not going to cover the rest of the year. And they didn't until we picked them to cover because things had gotten out of control. They had to cover. Vegas had put a ridiculous line because no one, I don't care if it's Chad and I and Scott putting a team together, going to Jacksonville to play. Jacksonville should not be favored by seven points. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. They shouldn't with that team with <coughs> Derrick Henry and that de- and that supposed defense that they have. No way. No and then way. Wild, wild thing quarterback Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> he, the wildest inaccurate quarterback in the you know in the NFL. He he's in as it you know he reminds me of Bobby Bister. Remember Bobby? Oh, yeah, I remember Bobby Bister. Pittsburgh Steelers. I remember him. Yep. How inaccurate was he? Oh, he, he totally inaccurate. <laughs> That's the other guy, is Neil O'Donnell, when he had a bad day, oh. he had a really bad day. <laughs> so he used to blame it on the winds. The yeah, winds. Trevor Lawrence had a terrible game Saturday. I don't think he played really well. No, everybody's no. saying, "Oh, he played well enough." And he didn't play really well. Just a lot of throws. So, Bucks and Falk is under forty. I would say that was bad uh, because, again, last game of the season. Meaningless game for both teams. They both emptied out the secondary playbook. So the secondary playbook is uh, you have a backup, and the backup has a package. So you have plays, you have series of plays, you have a package, and then you have an offense. Usually the backup quarterback runs his own different offense. Think of Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow had his own wishbone package he did all right yeah so different offense and when you had your your drop back quarterback in there different series of plays so the bucks brought in brady's probably going to be healthy so they practice their package for the backup in case brady gets hurt in the playoffs so more you know more wide open because they were throwing everything at him and then the falcons got the benefit of Vita Vea is completely healthy. He didn't even travel to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Carlton Davis. David, Carlton Davis. Yep. Devin White. Lawante. Yeah. None of those guys were in there. So that, that we should have gotten over on that. So that's and, and, and what's the one thing that those guys do very well is, is stop the run. That's so right. and what does Atlanta want to do? They want to run the ball a lot. So um yeah, that you know, in all transparency, again, I was gonna at the line change stream, I was gonna switch it to Tampa Bay because I thought that there was a shot this status we're gonna play the entire game. And then when I saw Vea out and I saw Calton Davis out and I saw a couple other guys, I was like, no, no, staying with Atlanta because this is what Atlanta wants. So that under 40 and a half pick was was bad. It was a bad pick. And people were value when a guy threw guys out. But there are certain guys that make a lot of difference. Vita Vea is one of those guys that makes a difference in the game single-handedly. Yeah. He leads the Bucks and sacks. And if you want to think to playoffs, guys in college play the same in the NFL. When Washington, the Huskies, went against Alabama, Vita Vea single-handedly kept Washington in the game. Yep. 
Really, if he had a quarterback, he would have been better. But he he broke through the line, and he body slammed a couple of Alabama running backs, and then they had to triple team. Alabama was triple teaming Vita Vea. And that gave uh, some some Washington linebackers were were uncovered. The game was over when the Washington linebackers got tired and were bouncing off running backs. And that's yep. where uh, Alabama ended up winning that playoff game. But Vita Vea single-handedly kept them in the game. And uh, single-handedly, really, when that Super Bowl year, I would have gave the MVP to Vita Vea, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and that's why if you don't think Tampa Bay has a shot in the playoffs, you're dead wrong because they do. In yep, yep. Against yep. the team that's won three playoff games in 25 years? Even past that, even past that, the oh, first yeah. game. It, you know, they beat Dallas the first, you know, I give them a really good shot because the defense, Vita Vea, he's going to single-handedly stop the run. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah. this is what these teams want to do. They want to run the ball. It, you know, it, it doesn't personally. If you're double and triple teaming Vita Vea, you got Levante David, you got Devin White out there. You got other guys on one-on-one. Yeah. Just have to win their, 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 their one-on-one. Um, it would be a lock if Shaq Barrett wasn't hurt. Right. Yeah. There's a reason why Tampa Bay struggled all year. Vita Vea was hurt for a part, part of the year, and their offensive line was terrible because of all the injuries. Right. That's why Not Tampa Ryan Bay Jensen's struggled. Back. Ryan Jensen's health. Another guy. Yeah, he's Ryan back. He's back. he's back. He's back practicing. He's calling yep. the signals. He didn't make the trip either. Right. This, this right. team is very, very geared up for yep. that playoff. For Absolutely. That playoff. No question. I agree. Right. I agree. We move on. Uh, we lost all of these. Bad luck or bad pick. Uh, we had the Saints, Saints over 41. Uh, neither team showed up to that game. <laughs> no, and they did not. It, so, so, so uh, wait a second. I think I mislabeled this. Oh, no, no. Got it wrong. I thought it was going to go over 41. 45 is the average of an NFL game. They literally did not show up, and both teams were like, let's just stay healthy so we can get our contract for next year. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Is both these teams, if you watch this game, I watch some of it. I watch all the games, basically, but I watch some of it. I guess you can it record was, this game if you have problems sleeping, you can turn this off. Yes. It's sleep by the first quarter. It was It was basically first down, hand the ball off, second down, hand the ball off, third down, hand the ball. All right, we're punting the ball. That's basically what it was. These teams just ran. This game was at halftime in an hour and 10 minutes. Oh, let's get out of here. An hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. Because I've scrolled through the scores at like 2.15 my time. And it was it was 30 seconds left in the second quarter before halftime. So it was at halftime. And now these teams just wanted to run the ball and get the game over with. They were like, there's no reason for us to be here. So, you know. It's bad. It's bad luck and bad pick at the same time, because right. how, how are we supposed to know that these teams, these coaching staffs, are basically saying, "All right, we're just gonna run the ball, and get the game over with." No, no idea. No idea. And I'm gonna advocate. I'll write it up. I'm gonna advocate for fans in certain situations to ask for their money back because yeah. they paid for an NFL game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And these two teams didn't provide it. They provided basically a high school varsity football game right. on Sunday. 
because they they just had no want to be in that stadium that day. They right. would have rather just said, let's call a 0-0 tie and, and get out. That's what it was. Or have a skills competition. Whoever hits the most, you know, whoever does the best wins the game. Basically, right. that was it. That was it. So it, it really was disappointing to, to, to see that game be as low scoring as it was in these two teams just to say, we're running the ball. That's it. We're getting out. So, you know, you put money on the game. You, you should probably should, ask, you should go to the casino and say, please give me a refund because I agree with you. It's it, it, But it's both. Bad luck and bad pick. Yeah. can't even describe this game. That's how bad it is. Now, again, you and I were all over, especially on the live stream. What saved us was, and we, and we said it on the live stream, what, once it happened, once – there's a lot to unpack in this, but we'll go fast. We got 28 minutes here. Uh, the Pats gave up two uh, – this is the crazy part of this game, right? There were a lot of crazy parts of this game. And we'll go into deep. So if people are listening from Boston, we're, we're going to give you a lot of information very fast about this. Uh, I'll give you everything I got. I want to see your response. Okay. Uh, number one, by far, statistically, over the last five years and this year, this year's by far. But on a higher level, the Patriots special teams was the best special teams in the league. In this game, there were the worst special. They're almost like USC football. There were the worst special teams. They gave up two kickoff returns. Yep. Yep. That never happens. Bill Belichick has a lot of talent. I mean, I'm not saying Bill Belichick is not a talented guy. Won seven Super Bowls as a head coach. Won a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator. Uh, he came up with Ted Marshall Broda as a special teams coach. Mm-hmm. So he's a very, I think with the Giants, with Parcells, he was a defensive coordinator and special teams coach, the team that won the Super Bowl. So he's also the special teams coach of the Patriots and probably the best special teams coach in the league. They gave up two kickoff returns and lose by what, 12 points? 12 points, yeah. Number two, Josh Allen looked horrible. He <laughs> threw a pick to McCourty. I, I, I should have bet that. because I said on the live stream that McCourty was going to get an interception. Right? McCourty got his interception. Uh, one of the things I look at, right, and this is a lot I'm throwing at you, but I know you can handle it. Oh, I can handle it. What, what is your opinion on happy feet? Because... I kind of criticized the kid for happy feet. And then somebody close to him said, hey, his quarterback coach, XYZ, who's big in college, making millions of dollars in college, taught this person to have happy feet because you want your your feet active when you throw the ball. Okay. Josh Allen doesn't believe that. Josh Allen sets his feet and then boom. This game got happy he was all over the place. He was inaccurate. And uh, their offense did not score enough points to win the game. They won the game because of the kickoff returns. 
and of course the, the quick scores. Yeah. Right. Uh, yep. yep. So he threw some picks. He had happy feet, which he normally doesn't. So in my opinion, it's going to change on that. If they teach you to have happy feet and you have happy feet, that's one thing. If you they told taught you not to have happy feet and you do have happy feet, then to me that shows me a problem. I think in the last point, right? The last okay. point at you. Okay. I thought Max Jones played a phenomenal game mm-hmm. based on what he had to work with. He had yes. receivers getting no separations. Patriots offensive linemen were getting hurt left and right. Even if they yep. made a play, they were on the ground hurt because they ran the ball so much this year because they're playing defense 100% of those. There's another handicap Jones had, running on first and second down. Right, you run on first and second down to what? Give the defense rest. Well, they try to rest the defense the whole year. So that puts him, again, too much pressure on him on third down. But he was ready for it, and he did the absolute best any quarterback can do. And he made some throws some other people can't make. So I thought he played a great game. He was handicapped because he has a defensive coordinator as a um, offensive coordinator. And – because of the two kickoff returns, this game turns into a shootout. What does a shootout mean? It means that at least on second down, you're air raid. You have four or five, five receivers, and you're running the air raid because you need to get in a shootout. You need to get you need you need to overcome two quick scores with what a quick score on your own, which best done with a break, you know, either a trick play or getting it into a shootout where you get a quick score. Yes, your defense is back there on the field, <coughs> but you have a shaky quarterback back there. Right? And you got a smart safety. He's been there forever. He's probably leaving this year. McCourty, who can outsmart Josh Allen, and had already smart Josh Allen once in the game for an interception. So what are your thoughts on that game? I, I agree. Go ahead. I agree with every point you, you said. Um, you know, people look at Mac Jones' stat line, see three touchdowns, three interceptions. It, it, it's simply – his interceptions is simply because his receivers get no separation, okay? So he's trying to throw it into a tight window. If you – Josh Allen has three touchdowns, okay, to, to piggyback on your point. Only one was a good throw, and that was the digs for the 49-yard touchdown. The John Brown touchdown, John Brown had a dive to catch the ball. That was overthrown, and John Brown made every attempt to catch the ball, and he did. So, to me, Josh Allen just was not in the proper headspace to play the game. He got hit a lot. He went 19 of 31, which is around you know high 50%, low 60%. So, that's not even a good game either. He did not run, he did not run a ton to offset that bad passing game. So, um. The Patriots were right in it. The momentum changed when that second kickoff return for a touchdown. Right. You can't, you can't, when you bet, you can't say there's going to be two special teams touchdowns. You can't ever do that because it, it very rarely happens in an NFL game. So it's like a turnover, right? Because we did decide, all three of us, that yep. we're on the opinion of the debate that you cannot predict turnovers. Yeah, you can't predict turnovers. You can't predict. You can't predict- uh, the best Touchdown. special teams is going to basically ever in the history of the NFL. 
is going to give up two kickoff returns. I will say, I think we talked about it in the live, live change that we kind of figured that first kickoff return was it was a setup, right? For the emotion of the, of the crowd and the uh, what had happened to the Bills. Right. The second touchdown, second special team touchdown. I don't know what happened. It was just, it's just nobody could tackle anybody. The guy went up the middle. He was gone for a touchdown. So, um, the Pats pick. It, it was bad luck. It's really bad luck right. because the special teams touchdowns and the under forty two and a half is a is a bad luck too. Because if you take the one of them away, right? Okay, it's twenty. You know, it's fifty. The, the game is goes over, but you know if you take both away, the game definitely goes under. So, right. and that's um, what we predicted. We, we, you can't predict kickoff return for touchdown. No, you cannot. The best special teams by far in the league, coached by a seven-time Super Bowl Super winner, who is also involved in special teams since he was a special teams coach himself. Exactly. Exactly. So. So you gotta take it. The better you gotta take it because the best you can do is eighty percent. So twenty percent is the luck factor. That's what we yes. call bad luck or bad check. Yeah. So when you when you lose when no one loses a bet, but when when a game hinges on special teams touchdowns, interceptions, fumbles, whatever, that's that's always going to be bad luck. Always right. going to be bad luck. And in this case, the game turned on two special teams touchdowns. But Bills got the emotion in the first quarter by that return touchdown and then they got the emotion back again when the, when Hines took that kickoff return went 100 yards for that touchdown to put the Bills ahead for good basically in that game so you know bad luck bad luck so you know cross every T dot every I like we like to do on this podcast tomorrow we'll go fast playoffs we'll go fast fast yes no not a lot of games but here we get we get into detail now Baker Mayfield. We know Baker Mayfield is a turnover machine. So we factor that in when we bet. Right. But 80% of the time, uh, special teams touchdown turnovers are, are bad luck. Yep. So yep. We, at least we got the plus 14 live bet. <laughs> because after that kickoff, yeah. I looked at my uh, sports <laughs> on my phone. It had plus 14 and a half. By the time I bet it, Taking the half point off of plus 14. So I'll take that. Yep. I'll leave that yep. up as a win of 24 wins. Uh, this one, we got both sides of this bet wrong. Strange game. I'll let you explain to this because I still don't know what the hell happened in this game. Uh, Ravens plus eight, under 42. We got both sides wrong. What are your thoughts on that one? So. Typically, when John, John Harbaugh is underdog like this or a slight favorite, historically and typically, Harbaugh is, is gold, gold in those situations. In this situation, again, I think emotion played a little bit of a part in this in Cincinnati, number one. Number two, no Lamar Jackson, no backup quarterback, no Mark Andrews, no J.K. Dobbins. They basically said, we're punting the game. We don't care if we lose by 30. We're punting the game. We have special plans because had Baltimore lost that game, which they did, they're going right back to Cincinnati we'll in the playoff game. Yeah. See you next week with our full compliment. I have a sneaking suspicion they're keeping Lamar Jackson under wraps till this week. 
I have a sneaking suspicion he's playing this week because the Bengals have to be careful because uh, both coordinators from what I, what I heard, both Baltimore coordinators were on the field when they're usually in the press. Yep. Yeah, they were. They were. I saw them on, I saw them on the field. <laughs> so, I saw them on the field. <laughs> so the, what they were doing was researching for next week. <laughs> but don't get me wrong. We are, Patient died on the table. Process was completely right, 100%. Because historically, what Baltimore was underdog is a John Harbaugh special. He's right. going to cover it every time. But right. I will say this. He punted on the game because he has something special and planned for next week. Right. It Which means the, that... This is a division game. So... Yes. Division game, especially Harbaugh. They've been studying the other team... Since May, right? They've known they're playing Cincinnati in the first round for, right. for, for weeks now. For four or five weeks now, they've known it's a collision course. Baltimore-Cincinnati first round. It's going to happen. Right. So I think what Harbaugh did, which is a smart thing on his part, he's not a dumb coach. He's a very smart – he's smarter than his brother. But he, he said – He's won a couple Super Bowls, been in a couple Super Bowls as an assistant. Yep. 13 years he spent with Andy Reid. I said, what? Special teams coach. He comes head coach and he wins a Super Bowl over all people, his brother. Right. Kaepernick. <clears throat> uh, and I say call him Kaepernick because Kaepernick, you know, Kaepernick has a big neck. So I call him yeah. Kaepernick. <laughs> uh, he knows what he's doing. Uh, yes. <laughs> the, the thing about it is <clears throat> Baltimore Cincinnati playing the playoffs third time. Do you really think John Harbaugh, when he knows he's going to play Cincinnati, he knows it. He knows he, it. He has nobody playing. He knows for – and Gus Edwards gets hurt. He has right. a concussion. So now all of a sudden he has basically no running backs, no receivers, no tight ends, and a quarterback that's a third-string quarterback. Do you really think John Harbaugh's a dumb coach to say, I'm going to play everybody, we're going to walk back into Cincinnati, and we're just going to do the same game? Of course not. Of course not. Come on. That Taylor is going to have to come up with an entirely new yes. game plan, new scheme, new offense next week because if he tries anything that he tried last week, it's going to work. Not going to work. You know, they had pads on. You know, they didn't even have iPads because they're old coaches. They had legal pads writing things down. And on, and on the line change stream, I should have known because I knew at like 11.30 that morning, Andrews was out, Dobbins was out, uh, Huntley was out. I should have changed my pick to Cincinnati because of all those facts and John Harbaugh punting the game. He basically punted the game. He said, we're not going to win. He told his team before the game, I'm not starting anybody. We're going to play all you young guys. We're going to see how you do in a game situation. Win, lose, draw, I don't care about the game. I care about us getting out healthy and being able to make a Super Bowl run. So as soon as, as, soon as I saw those guys out, I should have said, you know what, I'm changing my pick to Cincinnati. And I didn't do it. And so that's a bad pick on my part. We got to forget everything that happened. You know, and again, real intelligence is situational intelligence. We talked about the Bobby Cox. We had to forget who the commander is, forget protocol, forget what they were training, and go in there and take care of the kid who was shooting up the little kids. Uh, so in this situation, 
the only the reason and you gotta check your thinking, right? So you don't make the same mistake twice. Yeah. The only reason I didn't go off the Bengals was because I thought the Bengals basically I thought this game was gonna be what the Saints game ended up being. Yeah, I thought so too. We're both teams are just gonna take a division, run it up the middle, and say, Hey, we we'll see you next week. Right. Right. I don't know. Again, money again gets involved. I don't know. Before we go to the next one, I'll ask you this: Do you think ownership said, "Hey, you had a heart guy had a heart attack, middle last game"? The fans did not get any value from that. Bengals did not give a refund to the people who paid no dollars, five thousand dollars for a fifty yard line seat. Guy has a heart attack in the second quarter. Game gets canceled. No refunds. No. It's like, hey, you're gonna have to run your offense this week. Give the fans a show because they got nothing last week. Well, as we point out time and time again, Bengals cheap organization. They're not gonna. They don't want to refund people's money because that's thousands of dollars. It's going back and be out of the organization. So, right. yeah, I, I think so. Two million dollars in uh, ticket revenue in Cincinnati. But if you, if you look at the game and you look at the box score and you look at the overall thing, Burrow got. His outpass, the passing yards went in Baltimore's favor. The running back yards went in Baltimore's favor. The receiving yards went in Baltimore's favor. So Burrow got outplayed in this game by by a third string quarterback. Right. Cincinnati put up twenty eight point, but they scored I think one or two defensive touchdowns in that. So they really only put up fourteen or twenty one points. So they really didn't put on a show. They're off. Really, you got to look at Cincinnati like TCU. Yeah. That yeah, Incredible job because they don't have an offensive line and they don't have a defense. Right. Will suck and he gets into the Super <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's just, but Baltimore is going to come up with something in this game. I, I, I'm telling you, right? I'm foreshadowing to everybody right now. They're going to come up with something you have not seen in this game. And do not be surprised if you see Lamar Jackson in this game. Just don't right. be surprised. You know, so. Yes, I think the the numbers play in our favor. Yep. They take yep. a peek at the line there and what, what's going on with that. Exactly. exactly. Pete Carroll, minus six over 41. We got that one wrong. I think it was bad luck on the total. The side, we could have gone with McVay, possibly in his last game as a Rams coach, which we predicted before anybody else said yep. it. Just yep. because you see the body language in training camp and the fact that he's from Georgia in LA, uh, most people from Georgia do not like the lifestyle in Los Angeles. And he's trying to raise a family too. So, exactly. Uh, exactly. Decide with a bad pick, the total, this game should have gone over. What, what are your thoughts on that? I got the under personal, so I got one right. Ruth Bader, yeah, right? Yeah, I got that right. Yeah. Seattle should have put the Rams away a lot sooner. They had a playoff spot riding on it. They just basically played around with the game. I, w- I watched the first half of that game with the volume down, obviously. Um, I, I just think Seattle just decided they were going to play around with the Rams because they thought they could win the game at any time. And they almost lost the game. Because right, it went right. to overtime. So, see, I don't know what Seattle's doing. They've regressed so much this whole season. They've, they've started out really good, and now they're starting to, to backtrack here. So, 
I'm a little well, concerned. They, they, lost about their, they lost their free safety, Jamal Adams. Yeah, and Lockett hasn't been healthy for the last four or five weeks. And I, I think the running game has not has been non-existent. So Kenneth Walker, 29 attempts for 114 yards. Yeah, they're running this kid into the ground. They're, they're just running this kid into the ground. That's that's the problem with them right now. So I think it was a bad pick. I think it was a bad pick. I think we should have went with McVay in his last game and uh, went that way. So bad pick. So that's two bad picks on the, on the other side here. Yeah. Which is better. Usually we're around four or five, which is bad. Got to learn from our mistakes. And that's how we get to 70%. Exactly. That's what we have to learn for next year. Besides you, the cards. 14 and a half, uh, double-digit dogs in the division. And let me know, if, if before you got on the podcast, did somebody make emphasis on double-digit dogs in the division? They covered, uh, it went eight and two. Both times a double-digit dog in the division did not cover. It was the Arizona Cardinals. And Cliff Kingsbury, who, like, Paul De Podesta, yep. the often failed baseball GM, was now a football executive GM for your Cleveland Clowns. Um, he fails forward. He's had one winning season, at 11 years as a head coach, only one winning season. With the air raid, and even the air raid didn't even get off the ground this year. It was only like, uh, you know, Instead of the air raid, it was like a, a failed Russian uh, uh, Iranian um, drone attack <laughs> versus being some sort of air raid. <laughs> All the drones got shut down. They, they only scored like 10 points a game. He's fired. Yeah. Uh, 14 and a half points. That's a lot of points. All right. I guess I was lucky. Got to keep the score down and runs. So I don't know, bad pick or bad luck, Scott. I Ruth baited it. I got it right, right again. No, gonna, yeah. I picked San Francisco. Um, yeah, so you got you did two picks better than us this week. I yeah, but I did a lot worse than you guys. But um, and <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I kind of saw this coming because San Francisco was driving for a two seed. Yeah, and they needed to win the game. And I watched a little bit, but I didn't watch a lot of this game. And when I looked at, when I flipped around and saw San Francisco had 31 points on the board, I was like, holy moly. I didn't expect that. But San Francisco's playing at home, playing for a two seed. They want to, they're a really good team. Their defense is really nasty. When you're playing David Blau against a quarterback, there's not a lot of good things that can happen in that, in that instance. And then sure enough, Arizona just basically went through the motions and get out of the game. They're another team that, that went through the motion and get out of the game. So, yeah, they scored zero points in the second half. Yeah. Uh, 21 to 13 at halftime. I felt good, right? Second half. Right. Empty the bench. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. They, they emptied the bench. They emptied the bench. So, 17 points in the third quarter. That's what killed me. Yep. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Last two. Washington, we thought it would get over 40 points. <laughs> Putting in a division game. We got the plus eight, which was a great pick. I think we're the only people picking Washington plus eight in this. Dallas didn't show up. Dallas didn't show up. Simple, sim- simply put, they did not show up for the game. 
they they looked at the Philly Giants situation. They saw that the Giants were resting everybody, and they said, you know what, Philly's going to win the game in a cake cakewalk. And they did not. Philly did not. And Dallas just decided, you know what, Dak decided, I'm just not going to show up today, and we're, we're just not going to win the game. Plus, I think they want to play Tampa Bay in the first round, and I don't want to play Tom Brady in the first round of anything, to be honest with you. You and really that, want to go and play in 80-degree weather, 80-degree humidity? That's what I'm saying. With all your fat offensive linemen, because that's your strategy. Yeah. Fat defensive linemen, you want to take him out there and put him in the heat? With I'll, give you two, I'll give you two names. Mike McCarthy. This <laughs> is a Mike McCarthy decision. And it's going to backfire. It really is going to backfire. How did Mike McCarthy? I'm going to study that. How did yeah. Mike McCarthy win a Super Bowl that year with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay? I think it was because Aaron Rodgers had a, had a, a wagon around him. He had really good talent around him. I think that's why. Because right. if you look at Mike McCarthy's Green Bay, they were the number one seed a couple of times, and they lost in the first round. He home. literally personally lost. The NFC Championship game in Seattle with his yep. coaches. Yep. Yep. Clearly, you have to put it on him. That's what got him fired, too, because it was clearly his bad decision. That's why we, we have decision science that we go by, probability theory. We have a better decision making process for betting games on the podcast than Mike McCarthy has coached. And remember, he's a bad decision maker. He's, yeah. He coached high school basketball. He Got he went a, after a parent. I went after a ref. Yeah, he beat up a, a, a ref in the parking lot. And they called the cops and he cuffed him up and put him in prison. And he had to he had to pay a settlement to the ref. It, here's my hot take on this: If Dallas loses to Tampa Bay Monday night, Mike McCarthy will be fired as the head coach of Dallas Cowboys. Who do you replace him with? What Lincoln Riley? I have a feeling. Now, Sean Payton's been talked about in Denver. I have a feeling Jerry Jones will throw the wagon at him and get him to come to Dallas. Other than um, Jerry Jones took Sean Payton to court. And Sean Payton yep. paid Jerry yep. Jones money. So they're going to have to bury the hatchet. I, I think they're going to, I think his sons will go to Jerry Jones and say, hey, look, I know you did what, I know what happened in the past is in the past, but if you want to get back in the Super Bowl contention, you need to hire this guy. That's the thing. Peyton, if he did that, it's not going to probably uh, what he owes Jerry Jones and maybe payments on. Yep. It's probably going to come out of the South. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Who knows? But, but the thing is, rough. the thing is, is it's, it's 50 bad it's bad luck bad pick it's 75 bad uh bad pick 25 bad luck because dallas has not played a worse game all year long than this game they played a terrible game this game dak was beyond awful i I watched most of the game dak was beyond awful he's missing throws easy throws to guys he you know he's not he's not getting out of the pocket as as well as he could I just don't know what's, what happened in this game, but Dallas just decided not to show up in this game. So, and that goes squarely on the coach. But I should have should have known it Wednesday when he said the game's not important. We just care about each other. As soon as that happened, I should have said, and and then we did. 
Well, we have Dallas Hayes. Washington plus eight. We just thought there yeah. would be a more scoring, more scoring, more scoring. especially on yeah. Washington's part because they were going against second and third team guys. Exactly. But exactly. this is Washington we're talking about, Sam yeah. Howell. He looked great. He looked good. He, yeah. he looked really good. So he's their quarterback next year, I think. So. Yeah, because they're going to have a different owner that might want to win. So they need a super Walmart type of owner who wants exactly. to exactly. win. All right, and guys, in, guys and girls, in the pod bean, thank you for listening. Let me know if you have any questions, how the sound is. Let me know. Uh, and last one, I, we should have gotten right. I think this is bad luck. We've gotten the side or the total on every single Detroit game this year because of Adrian Brown, the over 48. We almost had it. I think it's bad luck. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I think it's bad luck, too. This game had all the offensive firepower, all the going into the game to go over, the juice to go into the 50s, and Aaron Rodgers decided not to show him (laughs) three interceptions, and that's, that's the difference. That's the difference. If Aaron Rodgers shows up and plays Aaron Rodgers football, Green Bay's in the high 20s, low 30s, and Detroit is coming along with them because they want to win the game. So Detroit didn't have to do much other than run the ball and play defense in this game to win this game, and and that's a bad recipe for a 49-point over-under. So it definitely is bad luck because Aaron Rodgers threw three interceptions in the game. So that's my point. So yeah, thank you for other people liking stuff, sending in comments. There's a few chats I haven't gotten into. I'll uh, I'll put them on tomorrow's podcast. Final words, Scott. I'm gonna pop off after this, so I, I will see you tomorrow night. Um, first of all, second of all, thank you everybody for watching all year long and sending the comments. We all really appreciate it. You know we're we're doing the research for you guys to make money as as well as for us to make money. So. Uh, Thank you all year long. And NFL playoffs that we were gold in NFL playoffs. So here we go. Tomorrow night. Here we go. Scott was yep. at 78% last year. Yep. We want we'll support him. <laughs> as, as, as we as we do that, we'll we'll add in our two. There's seven. no Patriots this year, so I, I don't have to worry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And we always close with Winston Churchill. You make you you make a living from your labor but you make a life from what you give thank you for listening to the spc podcast network